Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 Sandbagged. Are you kidding yourself? It's the new buzzword that's been around forever. Sandbagged. That 10C is definitely more like 11B. That can't be 12A. I never fall off of 12A. This is way harder than the other two 13As I've done, so it must be 13D. At least. Or, more precisely, blah, 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 blah. Funny. I never hear, damn, that 10D kicked my ass. I guess I've got some things to learn. Or, that 13A felt pretty hard to me. I guess I should actually work on slopers for a while. Nope. Instead, we blame the grades, the numbers, the proposed suggestions of vague measurement. You're kidding yourself. Worse, you're stunning your growth, holding yourself back. Even worse than that, if your friends believe you're bullshit, then you're holding them back as well. First off, Let's look at the word sandbagged. Actually, don't. Some of the definitions are a little crazy. Best to just leave those alone. The two definitions I find most appropriate to climbing are these. One, the act of undermining someone else's opinion subtly, yet in a public area, to make him or her appear foolish. Two, when you're tricked into doing something because you weren't given all of the information you needed to make a good decision. Was the route graded low to intentionally make people look stupid? Doubtful. I, for one, have never seen it. Not in Vitavu, not in Joshua Tree, not in the VRG. The grades seem pretty much the same to me across every area I've climbed in. When they don't, I just assume I'm missing a key ingredient and I go back to the drawing board. Were you tricked into something? Probably not. At least not directly. Maybe your gym setters have an overinflated view of their abilities or the V5-6 problems are closer to V3-4. Because the gym policy is to make the customers feel good. In which case, you go outside and think that you should be climbing V5-6. When you get shut down on that classic V4, that 30,938,349,087 people have done... I think that's what that number is anyway, and reached a consensus on, you feel sandbagged, and you need to protect your ego by proclaiming it loudly. I don't blame you. I sympathize. Not really. But the grade isn't sandbagged. You were sandbagged by your gym. Blame them. Better yet, blame yourself for falling for it and putting so much weight in their proposed suggestions of a vague measurement. Measurements that are faulty to begin with because your setters climb outside twice a year and say they get sandbagged on every rock climb they try? See the pattern? Bob Scarpelli of Vitavu Off With fame is often considered by many to be the world's biggest sandbagger. Frankly, I didn't find his routes to be sandbagged at all. Did they feel ridiculously hard? Yes, fuck yes. But when I watched Bob climb them, it became obvious that his technique was light years ahead of mine. As I learned from Bob and got better, the routes felt more like the given grade. 
had I just blamed the grade, I might never have gotten better at off-width climbing. When you're hanging there on the end of the rope or crumpled in a heap on your crash pad and sensed that you've been sandbagged by this clearly undergraded rock climb, before you look foolish for voicing your thoughts, take a breath. This is an extremely valuable moment. It's an opportunity to learn something, an opportunity to better yourself. See, you have the tools to change yourself. You have gyms. You get to watch better climbers all day long if you wish. There are great coaches out there. Did I mention that we build machines? You can get better. And best of all, you know exactly what to work on. You can also change that grade on your 8A scorecard, but you didn't get better as a result, did you? Okay, cool. I am not going to make you introduce yourself because everybody already knows you here. Mm-hmm. Um, They've, they've heard both of our voices in an inordinate <laughs> amount. Um, this chapter, the sandbagged chapter, is one that goes way back for me. Like I, I first started feeling this when I was a traddy. And I would, I would go to an area like Joshua Tree or Yosemite or Vitavu or really anywhere. And all I would hear from everybody is, Oh, that area is sandbagged. Yeah. And then I'd get there and it would feel exactly the same as Red River Cracks to me. Hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't like, couldn't make the two match up in my mind until I realized that, oh, Red River Cracks allow you to have bad crack technique. Like you can face climb around most of them. I went into Red River Cracks wanting to learn the crack technique. So I was avoiding the face holds. Interesting. And then when I got to Vita Vu and Joshua Tree, I had those crack techniques. So it felt exactly the same to me, in some ways easier to mm. me. And But everyone else was saying it was sandbagged. And I was like, oh, they're just missing the the skill that they need for this. Yeah. You know? And they expected it to feel exactly the same. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, and it's funny cause you talk about it with trad and I mean, I don't trad climb. I've tried climbed a little, but, um, it, even not being a trad climber, like I know like, oh, well, you know, that's not the gunks. That's not Joshua tree. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. it's like, I don't know what that means, but I know that that's a thing that yeah. people say. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, and it's the, tr- it's the same for, uh, bouldering for sure like there was the classic i mean early like late 2000s early like uh you know around like 2010 through 2012 it was like the classic uh you know southern v10 it's like mm-hmm. oh that you know like yeah. you, if you climb colorado v8 like you'd be like yeah it's like southern v8 you know yeah one of those things um but really it's no different like it's just a matter of like styles change and getting used to them Exactly. Angie Payne once told me, oh, if you're climb, if you can climb V10 in the Southeast, then you'll come out West and climb all the V10s. Mm-hmm. And I climbed V10 in the Southeast and then I went out West and I have to close down fucking crimps. I couldn't climb shit that was that grade, you know, yeah. just a whole different style thing. Angie owned the out West style and the, you know, the Southeastern style feels harder to her. Mm-hmm. And that's how all of us are. We all have strengths and weaknesses and some things are going to feel a little harder than others, whereas they might feel different for somebody else. 
Yeah. You know, and a lot of things, like climbing's incredibly varied. Like So much. To, so like, you know, in the longer I've been climbing, the more I realize like one, I have no clue what grades mean. Like I was yeah, same. so much more confident that I knew what V7 was when I had done three versus now that I've done like, I don't know, 300. Yeah. Like now I'm like, I have no idea. That could be V5. It could be V9. Like just. Yep. No I, idea. Yeah. But <clears throat> style changes so much. I mean, you know, I've talked about going to Smith before, but going there, like I didn't know footholds could be that bad on a sport climb. Like mm-hmm. it completely changed the way I looked at feet on a sport climb. Like, and yeah, my first day there, I was pumped on everything. Like 5'11". Right. In my very last day there, I think I did like 14 pitches of which like 11 were like climbing on 5'13s. And it's like, I didn't, in those two and a half weeks, I did not get dramatically fitter, you know, to where right. I was going from being pumped on 5'11 to like being able to do that much climbing on 513. It's like, I just adapted to the style. Right, um, exactly. That's so important and and skipped over. You know, another aspect of this are how people feel about grades. And this is just something that I've started to realize in this last year because I had a conversation with a guy who was mad about this chapter. Nice. Like he was angry. Like, of course there are sandbags. What do you mean? You know? <laughs> but then he also is of the opinion that saying something is soft is a bad thing. Hmm. And I was like, so, so explain to me how you, you are sure that's not soft. You know, you, you know this and no one can tell you that it's soft, but this is sandbagged. Like where, you know, you, you don't understand this, but you do understand that. I, you know, you're, you're having a hard time finding a middle ground here in my mind. And it was just such an interesting conversation that he, and essentially it came down to ego. Like, no, that's not soft. It's definitely this grade. Because if I, you know, if I agree with you that it's soft, that's going to hurt my ego. Mm-hmm. And then, no, it's definitely this grade. You know, it can't be easier than that. Because if it is, that's going to hurt my ego. You know, it was just this weird, this weird, I do care, but I don't care what you think about this grade. Hmm. You know, it just felt, it felt very strange to me that he would go in one extreme and then at the other end of that grade spectrum, go the other extreme. So this whole thing revolves, I think, around our relationship with these completely arbitrary, vague suggestions of difficulty yeah, and how we really want them to be exact. Yes. Yeah. And it, you know, and they aren't like, they aren't inside, they aren't outside. Um, you know, the reason why I like, like this to me, when I first read this book, it was right after um, gyms had opened back up. So I started, had started climbing again And this chapter to me spoke, like this chapter spoke to me more than any other chapter. Um, And mostly because I've been climbing in the gym a lot more. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm living in Houston right now for the time being and. Rock climbing Mecca. Rock climbing Mecca. (laughs) And man, indoor grades are funny. You know, we traveled a ton for, for workshops and 
you know, if I go to Colorado or California, like, yeah, I can climb V10 in a gym, like in a session, probably going to flash V9s pretty comfortably. If I go to somewhere in the middle of nowhere where there's no rocks, good luck, like trying to get up a V7. You know, it's like, it's like no one told them that the numbers go to 17. They're like, we only, (laughs) we only printed them up to eight. Like we've got tags up to eight. After that, we put a little Sharpie plus sign on them. And that's, uh, that's just what we do. And so it's like, you know, they're like, it is tough. And I like, I think the idea, it's so easy for me to fall in. It, it was really easy for me to fall into this idea of like, oh, well, that's just sandbag. Like that's not V6, like, or whatever. And I think it's okay to say, man, that feels really hard for V6. Like, you know, and maybe right. it, like you even say in this book, like, you know, a lot of these route setters, they climb outside two days a year. Like, right. And so I can even like, in my heart of hearts, I can know it's like, that's not V6, but it's how I respond to it that matters. Like, cause if I say, oh, that's not V6, I'm going to go get on something graded harder. I just missed such an awesome opportunity. Exactly. Um, and yeah, that really jumped out at me. So like, honestly, like, I don't know if I told you this, but like after reading this, like in my mind now, I always have one or two boulders in the gym that I refer to as my hard truth boulders. Mm, nice. And for some reason they're all V6. I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah, it's like they're all go find something. And I'm like, maybe I do fall on it. Maybe I don't, but either way, I'm like, this feels really hard for me. And so I either repeat it every session or every other, other session. So I'll go yeah. in and it's like, that's just, you know, and it's not like they just suddenly become, Oh, this is easy. And it's super chill, but it's like, it gets better. And I do it with more consistency you know, kind of like how you have pinky in the brain and the machine right. shop. Yeah. Like, so I've just adopted that same thing. And for me, this, like this chapter and that idea has been such a huge takeaway. Um, yeah. I think that's such an important way to look at it. You know, it's ultimately, of course there are sandbags, you know, of course there are people who are like, Oh, I want to grade this really low, even though I know it's much harder. Yeah. You know, Certainly that happens, but we don't know when that actually is the case. So all we can control is our response to it. And Mm -hmm. if our response is, let me see if there's something I'm missing, something I need to learn to make this feel like I think that it should, then nine times out of 10, there's going to be a new thing we can add to our bag of tricks you know, or we can shore up that used to be a strength that isn't any longer or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, we're going to improve at something to make this thing feel more like we think that it should. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I think you just made a good point. Like we're like, if you, let's say even if, uh, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to try this V5. It feels heinous. Let's say even if it is supposed to be V7, let's say a hold broke, no one told you. But if you go with it with a mindset of like, I'm going to try and figure out how to make this feel more like V5, you're going right. to be so much more creative. Like you're going to approach it with a new mindset. Like I think one thing, what it really comes down to it is like, what is the risk of going either direction? So you have one direction right. of, well, this is sandbagged. I'm going to move on or, you know, you're going to avoid it. The risk is you don't learn. Like the risk of the other side is let's say it is sandbagged or whatever, or it's just hard for you either way. I mean, the only risk is like, oh, well, I'm going to try something that challenges me. 
Maybe it's challenging because, okay, maybe it should be a higher grade. Maybe it's challenging because it's a very tough, like tough style that you don't understand. Either way, it's a good challenge. Like that's something that will progress you. Like there's not a downside to climbing on things that you think are sandbagged. Exactly. There definitely is not. Um, I was thinking about this chapter last night and something occurred to me I hadn't thought about before. I had done this first ascent of a route in the red that the bolter gave to me, said, you know, try this. I can't do it. And I did it. And the guidebook author was like, well, what grade do you think it is? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, in comparison to the other routes in the area, I'd probably call it 13A. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, well, then I'll put it as 12D. What? And I was like, why did you ask me then? You know, if, if you wanted to know the grade and you were just going to put your own grade on it, why ask? Yeah. He's like, well, wouldn't you rather it be sandbagged than be downgraded eventually? And I'm like, no, I don't care. Like either way, I'm one number off. What's it matter? You know, this is such a vague suggestion of how I felt about it that day at that fitness level with those conditions. So, no, I don't care. You know, in fact, put it whatever grade you want. Yeah. In fact, name it whatever you want. I don't care, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it just, it occurred to me that there's this feeling of if, if someone downgrades what we do, we're supposed to like, you know, f- consider that a, a slight on our self-worth or something. Absolutely. And it just isn't, you know? So if I, if I come to a root or a boulder and it feels like somebody else has given it V7 and to me it feels way harder, which actually happened to me two, two three days ago, you know? This thing felt scary. It felt hard. It took it took both Zach, well, all three, Zach, Kwong, and I, many hours to work out the moves of this V7. Oh, man. Which is a great, I've flashed a lot of times, you know? Mm-hmm. And rather than think, oh, that's sandbagged, you know, I'm just like, let's let's meet the challenge because it's not... It has nothing to do with my self-worth. It has nothing to do with my climbing ability even. It's just, here's a puzzle. Figure out this puzzle. It might be, it might feel a little harder to you today for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of my favorite boulders, the one, like a lot of my, my experiences, the one I remember the most in places are places where I went and climbed said I did where it was like, man, I don't understand this. Like, yeah. you know, I went on a trip one year where my goal was to just climb as many different styles as possible. So I went to like pre-straw and I spent three days there. My first day I was convinced everything was V14. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's such a unique style and especially the way you climb in these pockets, per, mostly with your feet. Like the way you use your feet in these pockets is something I had never experienced before. Right. And it would have been really easy for me to say like, oh, this is dumb or this is really hard or these, you know, the receptionist is sandbagged. But then I went back the very next day after watching some videos and I was like, oh, I've, I've never used that style. Like you use yep. your feet like you're climbing in a crack. And in yep. fact, I got better at crack climbing from climbing in pre-straw. I believe it. Um, and to this day still, like I climb in the gym and like I, 
I'll show people how like, oh, I'm like, oh, put your feet between those two volumes and cam this way. And anyone who's been to pre-straw for a decent amount of time and who embraced that style immediately recognizes they're like, oh, like that's what you do climbing in pre-straw. Yeah. You know, there's, you've climbed on the lander wall here at the rock shop and there's a, a thing that John Glassberg put up as V9 mm-hmm. that I did in, you know, five minutes or something. And it involves a pinky down finger lock in a horizontal and, and it involves a hand jam up high and the crux is moving off the pinky down finger lock. Well, for me, that hold felt like a jug. Mm-hmm. Like I grabbed it and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't fall out of this. You know, yeah. I can do as big a move as you, as my wingspan off of this. And when Zach tried it, Zach was like, what in the fuck are you holding on to there? There's nothing there. Yeah. And I tried to explain it and it, you know, he, he didn't quite get it. And I don't think he's done that boulder. Um, for me, it felt V6, you know? Yeah. For John Glassberg, it felt V9. For Zach, it felt almost impossible. Yeah. You know, and he would have to do it in a really difficult way, holding some undercling sloper instead of this jug that I'm holding on to. Yeah. But only because he lacks a specific technique required for that move. Mm-hmm. Not because it's actually more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and that's... Uh, and having also climbed on that boulder, I was more on the Zach front than the Chris front. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I went like one for 60 on that move. But yeah, that man, that's such the cool thing about climbing is there is so much to it. Like it is, there are so many new and unique things to learn just all the time. I mean, even now I've been climbing, I think 17 years. I still learn new things every week. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it. If you, I, I mean, yeah, like it, it would be such a shame if there weren't new things to learn or if I felt like there wasn't where I was like, oh, well, I just have to get stronger. That's the only way I can get better. And it's like, you know, getting stronger is cool and it's good. It's important. But oh man, like I'm constantly reminded of how much more there is to learn. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this in the chapter, but it's like when you feel yourself wanting to say this is sandbagged that's a really good time to just take a step back and be like, okay, maybe this is an opportunity. You know, maybe there's some glaring thing that I'm missing that I didn't know I was missing. Maybe not. Maybe it is a sandbag, but more than likely there's something you're missing. Yeah. And I think use those moments as opportunities. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And if you see someone else climb that thing, ask them questions, be like, Hey, how'd you do that? For like, sure. where yeah. do you feel tension when you do that? Like, are you pulling with your arms, your legs? Like what's happening? Watch them. Like be like, Hey, yep. can I shoot video so I can try and like yep. watch this, do everything. Yep. You know, absolutely. It's, it's funny. Uh, the other day I saw a video that reminded me of this chapter. Um, so when I went to Yosemite, I think it took me four sessions to do backer cracker, mm-hmm. which I, is a V2. I don't actually remember. I don't, I think it's four. I think it's four or five. Okay. Okay, cool. I don't really remember though. It, it's one of those that for me, it was like, oh yeah, here's how you do this. Yeah. It, I mean, it was one of those ones. I'm sure it was, um, for me, the grade didn't matter because right. it was going to take me multiple days. Like, and just the, like, but I was psyched. I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to learn how to do this. I think it took me four sessions, mm-hmm. climbed it. On like a two Is that week- the same trip that you 
flashed midnight lightning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's a good comparison. Yeah. You know? Like I did a handful of like eights and nines there and all of which, or most of which I climbed in like, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes. But like yeah. when I would find there's some unnamed. So there's this unnamed V5 in the camp four boulders. I was climbing with Charlie Barrett and he was just like, I've never seen this go. We're both trying it. We're trying it for like an hour. Hmm. Car- Carlo Traversi comes walking by because he was going to go try the Dominator and he stops, watches us for a minute. And he was like, I've never seen anyone do that one before and just keeps walking. <laughs> and like, it took us, I think four hours and it was this mantle campus. But when we did mm. it, we were like, I mean, I could almost kind of see V5. Yeah. But it was one of those things like, it was such a fun learning experience. Like, and just cause we were both like, yeah, like this is a thing to do. Mm-hmm. But to go back to backer cracker took me like four sessions. I was super proud of it. Um, just the other day I saw a video of uh, Tom Randall doing it in flip flops. Oh, nice. And I was like, yeah, yeah, John, John Sherman used to train on it by not using any of the, the finger locks you use for the problem, like climbing oh. it with all the other stuff. Nice. Um, and you know, for me, it was a straightforward crack boulder. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, and watching him on it, it was just like, yeah, like this is, this may not even feel V4 to him. Right. Like, yeah. And I'm, and when I posted a photo of me doing it, Alex Johnson commented, she was just like, good work on that thing. It's V11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just a, a missing technique. Yeah. Know? And uh, just the other day on that same V7, I was using foot jams. And Zach was like, what is this thing you're doing with your foot? <laughs> and Kwong was saying the same thing. Like, are you camming your foot in there? What, how, what's that? You know? And yeah. I was like, maybe you guys should learn how to do this. And they're like, no, nah, we don't, we don't need that. No yeah. way. You know? Yeah. But th- those are opportunities. So yeah, man. in my opinion, take them. Embrace the sandbag. Mm-hmm. Like they're plus honestly, like I kind of like them because they let you take things a little less seriously. Like totally. for some reason, like falling on a V5 for like four hours and like mantle campusing and things like that on it. It's like, it's easy for me to like take myself less seriously and be like, man, I'm just going to try and figure this out. Cause clearly I don't know something like, yeah. you know, yeah, it, in some ways that you can like kind of let it strip the ego away. Just be like, totally. yeah, like it, it's just hard, man. Like, so, and just lean into it. Like, I think it's great. Like when you can take it in that direction. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, I'm going to start sandbagging everything so that it strips away everybody's egos. Good. Good. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, dude, thanks for, thanks for chatting with me about this one. It's been, it's been fun chatting with everybody about these. So yeah, man, thanks for writing this chapter. Uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Tomorrow, you should probably just try harder. We don't tweet, we scream like eagles.